Hello mummers, Laura here and today we are chatting about the importance of planning your postpartum support while still pregnant. Enjoy! Hey mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes, it's time for you to guide you through, let's take some time for you, it's pregnancy with Hello mamas and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. Today we're kicking off with the fourth episode in our Ask the Midwife series chatting all about postpartum support planning. So in this episode we'll chat about the importance of antenatal breastfeeding education and why Beth is such an advocate of expressing colostrum before birth. How to support yourself at home if you were discharged early from hospital and practical tools and tips to establish good postpartum support. Now this is episode four of a six-part Ask the Midwife series with the amazing Beth Ryan, our resident midwife, childbirth educator and soon-to-be mum. You can find out more about Beth and check out her amazing Instagram account by visiting at birthwithbeth. And if you missed it, make sure you go back and listen to the first three episodes in this series where we chat about the importance of stimulating the labor hormone oxytocin and laboring at home for as long as possible, how to create a beautiful birth environment in the hospital and navigating conversations, language and interventions with your birth team. Now, there is so much amazing content coming up in this Ask the Midwife series. So if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. In this Ask the Midwife series, we'll be going through preferences to know about when it comes to C-section birth, inductions and vaginal examinations, and the pros and cons of both, and so much more. Now, we also have a bonus episode exclusively available to members inside the Pregnancy Posse, where Beth gives us her top three essential items to pack in your hospital bag, ways in which your partner can best support you during birth, managing a posterior labor and the lowdown on epidurals. Now this entire podcast series and all our other podcast series, along with our exclusive member only bonus podcast content is all live right now inside the Pregnancy Posse. So if you'd love to access all the bonus content and listen to this entire series right away, Uh, Rather than waiting for future episodes to come out, please go and check out The Pregnancy Posse. I have taken my years of experience helping pregnant and postnatal women as a women's health physiotherapist and made this accessible to every wonderful woman online inside The Pregnancy Posse. When you join the posse, I will guide you week by week through your pregnancy with safe weekly workouts tailored to your specific week of pregnancy. I will also do a weekly Q&A session where I answer all your amazing questions. And there is a wonderful community forum where members all support each other, as well as our amazing resources library, which helps you avoid Googling all of your symptoms. Now, I would love to help you have a healthy, active, pain-free pregnancy. So just head over to thatpregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about and to trial it for seven days. Now, let's get into episode four of our six-part Ask the Midwife series. I really hope you love this chat with Beth around setting up practical support for yourself after birth. Such an important topic. Enjoy. We've labored at home. We've gone to hospital. We've created this beautiful environment. We've had midwife Beth help us through. It's been amazing. (laughs) Now we've had our baby. And I know you're quite passionate about the next bit. So the breastfeeding, the establishing Mm -hmm. lactation. Now, obviously, in a lot of hospitals these days, there's quick, speedy discharge. What, What advice would you give to someone to prepare themselves for the breastfeeding journey when they may be discharged a day later, two days later? 
Yeah. So um, I think that you need to do some antenatal education. Um, you need to upskill yourself in um, what the first week looks like. So what is normal for a brand new, you know, two, three-day-old baby? What does that time of their life look like? What do they need from you during that time of life? Um so that's going to make you feel a lot safer to go home early. If you have done no research about what a newborn does and needs and you're sitting at home on, you know, maybe day two with one, that's going to be really, really overwhelming. I would, yeah, I think that that's a really hard position to be in. Um, I'd also say that uh, understanding some basic breastfeeding techniques and strategies, so things like skin to skin, how to hold your baby, what does a good latch look like so that you can swap, you can um, spot it. Um, and then doing some antenatal expressing, I'm a huge advocate for. It just takes the pressure off. And if you're listening and you don't know what that is, it's just collecting some colostrum prior to giving birth and you just need to get the okay from your care provider. But um, it just creates like a very small stock. It might be only one or two mils of, of breast milk, um, but it just creates like an insurance policy that if you do have a what if and you do have, um, you know, potentially a birth where you didn't want to do immediate skin to skin and you didn't want to do breastfeeding straight away, that's totally fine. You've got a little bit of milk up your sleeve to give your baby in the early days to just take that pressure off yourself. Um, and then if you don't use it in hospital, you've got it when you go home so that if you have a really rough night and you know the midwife's coming tomorrow, you can give that colostrum overnight and then do a, a breastfeeding education session with the midwife the next day. So putting some things in place um, that are practical will, will put you in such a better position to feel safe to go home. And I think try not to focus so much on there's so much chat about, you know, what breast pump should I buy? What's the best brand? Do I need to buy nipple shields? When can hubby give a bottle? Um, I want them to be able to bond. And that is all really, really vital stuff. And don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to take away from anyone who incorporates those aspects of, um, of newborn care into their feeding plan. But is that what you need to be focusing on in the first week of life when you are trying to get your baby home, you're trying to get your milk in, you're trying to get to know your baby and do lots and lots of snuggles and cuddles, um, you're probably better off having some really, really basic breastfeeding understanding to kind of help you get through that first week, even if it is a bit rough, um, than sitting at home with all of this equipment and thinking, well, how do I use it, you know? And I think that just adds to the confusion, like you said. Like you've, it's hard enough just to focus on baby on breast, let alone all the other noise around it. Should I be yeah. using a bottle? Should I be using a pump? Um, so I think that's really sound advice. And if you are discharged, so let's talk about, say, from a public setting because we know yeah. that they're probably going home a bit earlier. Is everyone followed up with at-home midwifery care? Yes. Yes, okay. So um, actually I should say, so you and I both live in Victoria and that's certainly the case in, in Vic Health. That's not the case in every state. So I used to work in New South Wales and some women got domiciliary care or, or midwife care at home and others didn't and there was okay. just a criteria um, about that. So I think ask your hospital what they're going to offer you. Say, you know, I've heard the discharge is quite quick. Um, and I think it's important to say that a, an early discharge isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, ideally, if you have your own room and you feel really supported at hospital, then great. That's a really lovely way to start your, your um, motherhood journey. But if you're in a shared room, 
and it's noisy and there's lots of shift changes happening, um, that's, you know, you're probably itching to get home. And it might be a little bit scary taking that leap of faith, but ultimately you're going to be more rested, you're going to be eating good food, and that's going to play into a, a little bit of a more positive um, postpartum period. So I think that there's there's strengths and limitations to both. Um, but, yeah, ask your hospital what their discharge um, timeline is like yeah. for each, you know, kind of birth and what support they will offer you. And if they say, oh, we can't guarantee home support, then you need to be really proactive and think about how you're going to support yourself at home um, and make a bit of a, a, a bit of a postpartum plan really and have a chat with your, your partner or your family about what's feasible. So can we afford a private lactation consultant if we need one? Um, can we maybe have, have a midwife who does private home visits come and check up on us and check my wound and, you know, ha- have a think about how else you can support yourself mm-hmm. um, rather than kind of waiting until you're in the moment and you're yeah. feeling quite fatigued and you're feeling quite overwhelmed. And better to have those buffers in place and if you don't have to use them, great, but at least exactly. flesh it out and thought about it. And that was going to be my next question. I know you speak about having a postpartum plan, which also involves how you're going to manage boundaries with family members, alone yeah. time, like mental health, budgets. Can you talk us through what you would recommend people think about for a postpartum plan? Yeah, yeah. So a postpartum plan, like you've just kind of touched on, is just like having those buffers in place and having some of the conversations that are necessary um, for your emotional and physical well-being before the baby arrives. Um, So something straight off the bat is boundaries. So I think that it's a funny time to talk about boundaries because we should probably address the elephant in the room, which is that no one can see their family at the moment. And when I talk about boundaries, people are like, can you not? Like we've, I haven't seen my, my mum and my sisters or whatever in, in weeks. Um, but, you know, outside of COVID, babies are exciting and people take a lot of um, joy in, in visiting new babies. And sometimes in that process, we forget that there's a woman who has laboured and given birth and gone through something incredibly transformative, um, both for good and for bad. You know, you're recovering from a huge, huge life event and that's physical and emotional. Um, And sometimes when you have um, people streaming in and out in the first week, um, this can really contribute to a a feeling of of being quite depleted. Um, with, With visitors come opinions unsolicited. Sometimes it's just more little small comments on the side sometimes it's more direct but either way unless you're actively seeking advice I think in your early postpartum period you can probably attest to this Laura it's not great to be have people say like oh you're cuddling your baby a lot or you know they'll never go down or have you thought about a pump because you know my sister's girlfriend's work colleague found it really hard to introduce a bottle beyond the first week you know like you've heard them all I can tell (laughs) I have heard everything I had a client call me the other day and say do you mind if I just ask you a question I know you can't give me medical advice yeah of course that's fine so my my auntie just came over and her baby's four four weeks old beautiful breastfeeding gorgeous on demand whatever and she's like and they said to me like well why aren't you pumping and she's like so now I've realized I've missed the boat with pumping why should oh god and I said well why 
okay, it's fine. Press pause. Why are you meant to be pumping? What, what are you pumping for? I said, are you returning to work next week? Have you got a wedding that you've got to go to? Are you planning to leave the house for an extended period of time? No. Then why would you need to pump? You know, like, but having, she's tired and she's emotional and she can't, and nor should she have to workshop that idea to go, is this advice that I should be taking on or is this not? So the idea of boundaries is to say to you, between you and your partner or whoever's supporting you, where's our line? Like, are we happy to have people coming in and out or are we going to have maybe a few people over on Tuesday and then from 4pm that's our quiet time and that's when visitors need to go? Mm. Um, you know, boundaries in that if there's someone that's not in your immediate family that is constantly peppering you with advice saying to your partner I really need you to be in my corner and not start a fight but just say you know thanks for your insight but unless we ask please don't offer anything up we're really enjoying the process of learning our new baby and we just want to figure it out on our own mm-hmm. and drawing that line in the sand really early mm-hmm. um, because we know like postnatal depletion is a whole other topic but we know that that kind of stuff can really chip away at new mums and dads, having that constant pressure to entertain people just so that they can cuddle the baby, just so that they can get a photo with the new baby. And you know what? They get to go home and you guys clock on for your night shift and that is the reality is that yeah. babies are nocturnal and unless you protect the space in some way, you will pay the price, you know, and and that's really hard for some families with really big families really excited loving families and they mean so so well but the flip side is that it can it can just lead to such exhaustion and it's not worth it like I know so many women who are hosting making coffees and teas and putting on platters and spreads and then bawling their eyes out when everyone leaves because they're so exhausted and it's like at what cost so for some women, if that gives you energy, if that gives you life, if it is helpful, that's amazing. But if it's draining and if it feels like it's invading on your space or your energy, then you need to have that hard conversation because you've got to look after you. You've got to look after your family. Um, and yeah. I really loved <laughs> you mentioned when we were talking about this podcast and this question about how can you help your friends, especially your friends maybe who don't have children who who haven't been through that experience, how can you help them understand how you might need help? And I love that you said, and I'll get you to list these examples in a second, (laughs) but, you know, they could help with this or this or this because at the end of the day you don't need 16 pieces of baby seed clothing. And I was like, that is just great because I agree (laughs) because that's so appealing. It's like, oh, this beautiful outfit for the baby, but really. What the mum might need is to go have a shower while you play yeah. with the baby. Or can you give some of those examples? Because I really liked them of how you could get your friends or your family to help you a little bit in that postpartum period. Yeah. So I think particularly if you're having a baby shower, um, everyone works within different budgets. So some of the things that are going to do wonders for your postpartum recovery are costly. And these things might be a private consult with someone like yourself, a, a women's health physio that, oh, my gosh, can't sing women's health physio's praises enough. It might be a consult with a lactation consultant, which might be, you know, they're specialists and they are worth every penny, but they are quite expensive in some cases. Um, it might be a outsourcing cleaning. It might be outsourcing food. Um, 
those kind of peripheral things that can really, really um, foster a really supportive environment. Those are expensive and, you know, new parents some can afford it, some can't. So if you are having a baby shower or if you have a group of really great girlfriends and guy friends that you can call on and they're going, what should we get you? What should we get you? Instead of saying nothing, instead of being like, oh, I don't know, like maybe, you know, you can buy me this bottle warmer or whatever. Say, I would love a voucher, like a care voucher. And if everyone chipped in, like, I don't mind how much you chip in. Um, and you'll probably find that people are going to go and spend like 50 to to $100 at Country Road Seed, Target, Best Unless, like, it's addictive. Baby clothes are cute. It's fun. <laughs> but you might find that you end up with this great kitty to spend your money on stuff that will absolutely matter to you. And that might be as simple as uber eats on a sunday night because when you know the wheels are falling off and you both just need to eat some food and go to bed Mm. or it might be getting a digital appointment with a lactation consultant who can put in a great breastfeeding plan for you when you feel like things are falling apart and i think just new motherhood is a perfect time and new parenthood because dads should be doing it too to actually learn to ask for help Mm. and be like i would love i would love if you came over And while you were here, I slept for half an hour because that's maybe exactly what you need. You probably don't need to be sitting on the couch having a cup of tea, listening to someone's story about their weekend. Like that might be what you wanted to do a month ago, but now you're trying to navigate life with a brand new baby and you need to be supported in doing that. Mm. Um, And I think if I see one more nappy tower, I think I'll just (laughs) (laughs) throw it in the bin. I can't is, tell you. Is that a present? What's the nappy Have any, the nappy towers at the, the local, the hospital gift shops? Ah, is it, is it like a and bunch of nappies in like a... It's like, it's like a nappy cake almost. Ah. And it like goes up and there's like nappies and then there's like a layer that's like little burp cloths rolled up. <laughs> and they're usually, <laughs> they're usually pink for girls and blue for boys and all parents, I'm not kidding, they leave them behind. They're like, hey, midwives, do you mind? Like, we're just going to leave the nappy tower. And they're like 150 bucks or something. So I just think it's nice. And I think, you know, sometimes we've all been trained, like, don't turn up empty-handed, always have something like a big bunch of flowers or, or something. But, like, it's, you know, it's so important that we think about what they might actually need. And mm. while they're in the shower, if you quickly stacked the dishwasher, took the bin out, I mean, amazing. Best friend, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to cost a bomb. Like if you can't put in money, then just bring around a takeaway coffee. Say you jump in the shower. I've got bub. It's fine. Do Mm. a quick tidy and you have made the world of difference to your friend. I remember in the early days after my first son, like caffeine is my love language for sure. And <laughs> Same. <laughs> Bring me a coffee and I'll love you forever. Oh. <laughs> so easy. So easy. Yeah. Um, it was really hard to get out with a newborn. Like the coffee shop was maybe a 20-minute walk. It's not that far, but that's, mm. a, that's so far with a newborn. And if someone came to visit and brought me a takeaway coffee, like, agreed. I was so in love with them. That was the best thing they could have possibly done for me. And it, it's so simple and it's not expensive. So I think it's just, yeah, the little things like that that can make the world of difference to the early days postpartum. So that, that's all amazing, amazing advice. Hopefully some friends are listening to this as well. And yeah. Yeah. About yeah. their pregnant <laughs> friends. Yeah. 
Hey mummers, Laura here. Oh, I could listen to that episode again and again and again. My idea of postpartum support for this third pregnancy of mine looks so different to my first. So with my first baby, I really didn't put anything in place to support me physically or emotionally after birth. Whereas this time around, I think I'm so much wiser and I've learned so much more and I will be organizing things like batch cooking beforehand, a meal train from friends, proper paternity leave for my husband, boundaries in place for visits, etc., etc. So I really hope this episode has helped you think about some of the ways in which you'd like to be supported after birth so that you can get the ball rolling now during your pregnancy rather than waiting till afterwards. Now, if you'd like to learn more from Beth, you can find her on Instagram at birthwithbeth. And I would love to hear from you over on my socials at PhysioLaura and let me know whether you learn anything new from this episode. In the next few episodes of this Ask the Midwife series, we will be chatting with Beth about questions to ask and preferences to know about when it comes to C-section birth, inductions and vaginal examinations, and the pros and cons of both, and so much more. I will catch you soon for episode five in this six-part Ask the Midwife series, where we'll be chatting about C-sections and the different preferences to consider to make this birth a beautiful one. Until then, mamas, sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes and enjoy the incredible journey that is pregnancy.